Coaches, welcome back to another installment of the Minnesota Basketball Coaching Podcast. We will have Ryan James here in a minute, but first, just want to plug my video breakdowns on gumroad.com backslash Coach Clotier, gumroad.com backslash Coach Clotier. I've done two video breakdowns more here uh, coming in the next few weeks. First one was on Augsburg University's transition offense, and the second one was on St. John's University's ball screen offense. Gumroad.com backslash Coach Clotier. All right, we are here with Ryan James from, I'll just start listening, Breakdown from Prep Hoops, 24-7, Go for Illustrated. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. It is my pleasure. I'm very excited to be here. Join, I'm the next, I mean, there's been a distinguished list of guests that, I, that I've seen on come through here, and I can't, I'm so excited to be a part of it. I know I won't be able to follow in Joe Jankwart's footsteps, but I'll do my best. You know, Joe was, uh, he prepped me that he's, he had a hard time talking about himself because he's a very modest guy. So um, I don't <laughs> know, you, you've, been, you've been through the ringer with him. I don't know if that's true or not. I'll take it for what he says, but uh, yeah, he was a good guest on. And then you, we had uh, Leah Dasovich, obviously you coached with her husband uh, as well. So a few connections to former guests that we've had on. Yeah, Tom texted like four minutes ago, suggesting what I should say. Still trying to tell me what to do. She was great. She, she, she was awesome. I, I, she could coach a guy's team and have a lot of success. I have no, no issues saying that. Um, we always start with the, the Wikipedia page. You know, Damian Johnson's been on. He has a Wikipedia page. I think you're the next one who probably deserves one. So tell us what you're coaching. And then now more recently you're writing what your Wikipedia page would say. Oh, man. My, if, if my Wikipedia page would probably – I mean, all my, my whole basketball got started because you guys – most people are probably familiar with Sam Jacobson. Like – Growing up, I, my house is me and my brother and my parents, and we didn't have much for cousins. My old, they have two cousins that are way older than us, and then Sam, who's a lonely child. And we followed everything Sam did. So when Sam got good at basketball, we started playing basketball. And when Sam got deep into basketball, me and my brother got deep into basketball. And that's where the start came. You know, and then, then I started playing, you know, I played high school at Austin, and I was a manager at the University of Minnesota. Um, like my original goal was to try to be a college basketball coach, but like it soured because of the academic scandal. I, you know, there was you know, a few things that like, it wasn't, you know, I had some connections and those connections would definitely help me out, but it was more my general handling of it myself. Like I saw like when I switched from coach Haskins, who I love dearly and has done more for m me in my life than anybody, but, but my parents, um, and my aunt and Greg, my grandmother, like outside of my family, Coach Essence has done more for me than anybody in the world. So when he left, like, and Dan Munson came, like, I mean, Dan Munson's fine, but it was so different. And there was some things that I didn't like that happened in terms of how they treated some people. It soured my basketball taste. So I like left basketball. I didn't even pay attention to basketball of any kind for like two and a half years. And then that's, that went away any college basketball chance I ever had as a coach because I just wanted to get a job. So then luckily Ben Bouchaw, who I know from Austin high school took me on as assistant coach. I, I apologize to Ben every single time I see him damn near because I was so bad and I was so immature and I gave them nothing but time, time. And that's all I ever gave. That's it. I was terrible. I was terrible. But then I just coached high school basketball with Tom Dasovich at Sibley. And then uh, with uh, Mark Klingsmore at Tartan, and Dasovich at Manitoba as well. And then, oh, I suppose you want to know about writing. I suppose that's why I'm more important, right? Sure, let's go into that. Okay, well, so here's the, here's the real deal. Has anybody that's ever read anything I, I've ever written, like they know 
I'm not exactly a grammar superstar. Our language arts teacher who retired last two years ago would laugh at me because I would tell her that I was a writer. She goes, your grammar's terrible. And as anybody has known over the years, it's not the best, right? But I did was involved with Gopher basketball, and a man named uh, Aaron Johnson took over the Gopher hole, as they called it at the time. They thought he was taking over the Gopher hole, and this was 2004. They ended up leaving, so he started something called Gopher Illustrated. I knew Aaron from Austin, Minnesota, because our parents were friends, and he knew that I had a passion for Gopher basketball. So I started writing for them, and I have to thank Mike Much because Mike Much talked Justin Hegna and Brad Raymond into letting me write for the breakdown like less than a year later. And then then once uh, Mike Much got control of Minnesota Preps, he brought me over there as well. Um, so I have to thank them, and then I have to thank Justin Hegna for everything he allowed me to do with the breakdown book. And then from there, it became Prep Hoops. Uh, there's a little story there. I don't know if you want to hear that whole story. Go but, for it. Uh, like – you know, okay, Nick Carroll, who was owner of Prep Hoops, and I were, were coaching together at Minnetonka. And I don't want to get into the Minnesota Preps thing. I love Mike much, and we're just going to leave it at that. But it just didn't, you know, all of us writers weren't working for him anymore. So I came and told Nick, like, that day, he, like, left practice immediately. And then a week later, he's, we're sitting at a table, and he has a proposal for North Star Hoops. And, like, it was, you know, I was going to do it because, you know, Nick – Nick's got a great business plan. I mean, and I trust, I trust him then. I trust him now. And like he put together something and he, you know, everything he put together was great. And I was all in. And like, to be honest with you, it was just supposed to be North Star Hoops at the time. Never did I think that the way I went about doing high school basketball writing, never in a million years did I think that would expand into 38 states the way I cover basketball has now evolved into 38 states, but then also girls basketball, also football, also volleyball, also hockey. It all started that one practice when I told Nick Carroll, hey, because Nick had some ideas. He's like, dude, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should do that. I'm like, no, I got to be loyal to Mike much. I got to be loyal. I can't take a chance right now. Can't do take a chance. We got young kids. And then when I told him that, you know, we was – we had now it was now available. He left and came back a week later, and man, a month and a half later, it was North Star site already. And three months later, we had a state tournament, and now here we are. What is it? Eight years later, I think it's about eight years, seven and a half years later. It's like a national company all over the place, growing, and it's just it's pretty amazing. So that's the story of all of it. It's not because like I was some magnificent you know writer that someone grabbed. It was more my passion for basketball. Well, I go way back with Jake Phillips, who also was involved with uh, Prep Hoops as well. Yeah, He's and my brother well. were the same age. I was uh, the ball boy, always growing up for their for their traveling teams, being four years younger. So if he's not paying you enough, shoot me a message, and I'll try to see. I'll talk to his parents and reach out to his dad and see if he can get you a little bit more in the uh, in the uh, James family checking account. That would be good. I got four kids. No, they pay me great. I cannot complain about that. So you're pretty busy. Anyone that follows you knows that you're at Gopher games, you're at high school games, you're at any sort of special event throughout high school season. So what generally speaking does a normal week aside from your teaching job, right? That's your, your, your main source of income, your main job. What does a normal week look like for you covering basketball? I do have to crack you a little bit there. It's not even teaching's not even the main income anymore. Like basketball on the three different companies is actually the main income. Teaching is just something I also have a passion for and it has insurance. We all need insurance. When I got four kids and a wife, you need Benefits that are important. Benefits are yeah. important. Well, I guess it probably would be the main job 
it's I mean the career wise, you know, Christ swings away. Okay, you said a full week. Man. All right, so I get up at four o'clock every day in the school year and I make sure that maybe I have two articles done by the time it's five thirty AM. I need to have two done by then. That's my goal. And then I am not a small person, so I need to keep under 250 pounds. So I go out for that run. And while I'm out for the run, like the run in the morning is not just a clear thing. It's also my daily planner. So I run and I plan everything in my head and I log it on my phone, what I need to do the rest of the day. So then you, you go, then I go teach, you know, I teach from 7.30 to 3.30. And immediately when that's done, assuming I don't have an IEP meeting, it's uh it go i go right back into writing a couple more articles sometimes two sometimes three but on like the thing about games so if there's a gopher game right now and it used to be easy because it used to be be wednesdays and in the weekend well that's not like that anymore the big ten's got games all over the place so it could be a tuesday friday it could be a monday friday it could be a monday saturday whatever the games all over the place so gopher games have to take precedent that has to be, that's the main things that I have to cover. And then, you know, the beauty of where things have changed with online, watching games online. I mean, I can, it's so much easier to watch a game online because I don't have to travel to games. Um, I love going to high school games though. So I always try to get to two games during the week. And then Saturday, assuming there's no games, go for games. Saturday is the best part for high school basketball because between the breakdown, the South Side Showcase, South Side Showcase guys, the Mini Haha guys, and a few others, there is a full day of games somewhere all the time. So Saturday is my main high school basketball focus with the with the additional games during the week. But the thing about like when it comes to like covering games, it's not like me driving from you know Waconia to Lesser Prairie and then Lesser Prairie to maple grove for example like and then back home that's a full day if i do that i don't see my kids you know what i mean so like a high school basket and it's one game and it's one article it's not always really efficient to go to a high school game during the week but it you know it's it's but it is a, it's you know it's something you enjoy so it's 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 tough so i've tried to limit it to high school basketball games a week and then and then add in saturday plus the gopher games. So that's what my weeks look like. One thing that I have just been so impressed, obviously you're pumping out articles, uh, but some of the, the articles that are the most impressive to me just shows the depth of knowledge that you have of high school basketball across the state. And unfortunately, they're the ones that I think you get a little kickback from, from people wanting a little bit more exposure here, or, you know, we're from this, this kid did this, and or mom and dad probably emailing, oh, my kid's ranked 74th, but he played number 58 in a breakdown <laughs> fall league game and outscored him 21 to 17. So just like advocate for yourself. Tell us how much time goes into these play rams. I mean, you just pumped out so we have 32 sections in our state you just pumped yep. out the best player at each position in 32 sections i'm a social guy you're a sped teacher so neither of us are in the math realm 32 times five is a lot right i think that's like what we're at about into the 150s or 160. so 160 yeah, 160 I'm Boom, math baby numbers are quick over here 160 so you're in the last couple of weeks you've put together maybe even a week you've put together 160 players from across the state at the best city how much time goes into that, man? I've just been so impressed with that content that you've been pumping out. So you got a huge fan to me. I respect what you're doing, the time you're putting in. So just like advocate, what goes into that? Well, the first thing people got to know, and people will never understand this because they just, people complain. But like 
Minnesota is one of the very few states where your small school basketball is getting talked about a lot. Uh, or guys that are like we ranked, I try to rank 250 guys. And people are like, why you go 250 deep? I'll tell you why. Because more than that goes to a college every single year from Minnesota. Like people are like, really? Yeah. Because we have how many junior colleges that need to be replenished? How many D3 schools that have, some have a JV, they need to replenish. Some go out of state to NAIs. Like, yeah, a huge number of kids go to school all the time. Most kids don't go that deep. Most kids don't care about a kid who averaged 17 points you know, at Lake of the Woods or a kid that averaged 16 points down at, um, oh, I don't know, Pipestone, okay? Like, so that's one thing that I will advocate for myself and for what we do as a company. Like, we go deeper than most places will. Okay, like, so when I do a rank, like a ranking, okay, I do it a little differently. So I do player rankings in Minnesota. I take it extremely seriously. And what I do is I go through every dang team in the state of Minnesota. I research every team, that every single team. So, like, I'll start in, like, 1A and then go up or 4A and go down. And I research every team, try to find the stats, try to find video, and then I put it, I put it in my, uh, my Excel spreadsheet. And within that spreadsheet, I put notes on where I think they are. And I go through everybody. Like, it takes – as I have huge lists because I go through every team, but it takes me a long time. And even you just brought up those section ones, even though I did that for all of those in the, in the smaller schools, they don't have that many big guys, you know? So like, like finding guys, like there was 32, like I think it was 32 centers. It took me longer to find four to replace, to put four names in than it did to do the other like 26 or 27. Because again, even after all the research, so there's just not that many big guys, you know, and especially in small, <clears throat> excuse me, in small school Minnesota. So it, I put a lot of like effort into making sure I get to everybody. I mean, you're not going to get to everybody. You're going to miss somebody. And when days get long, again, we just talked about it. I'm, I got two careers here with, and four kids and a wife. When days get long, sometimes I work a little quicker because, you know, it's a long damn day. So, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I try my best and I try to go through, and I spend days and days and days, sometimes weeks doing each class ranking at a time. And I get, I, sometimes people get impatient on that, but dude, I try my best to do it right. You're never going to be satisfied people, but I'm satisfied. So that's what matters. I, you do a great job. You, I mean, I've always been happy with the public CR guys of God. I know when you're putting, whenever you're putting out section seven, three, a or Mississippi eight stuff from teams that we're familiar with, uh, it's always spot on. So I, I, you have no complaints from the Princeton staff. No, I can't speak to everyone, everyone across the state, but you have, you have a full staff of supporters, 40 minutes North of you. So, uh, I want hey, to, we gotta, we gotta stay on Princeton real quick. What I was this morning, I was thinking of the young man you had James. Yeah. He had a nickname, and I wanted that nickname that we talked that I talked about all the time. It was a little guy from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. What the heck yeah. was his name? So, it was, so James Fleetcher. Yeah, you called him like you, like Harry Potter and the Wizard, and like he was playing like Cribbage or something. Oh, Cribbage, Quidditch. Yeah. I don't read Harry Potter books, so I was yeah. I had to like Google search what that meant and stuff when you're posting that. So, yeah, you, was, you have a, you're a fan of the Fleetcher family. There was another one. I called him something like he looked like the little guy, and I remember saying, "Oh." One of your players actually messaged me, and I was like, oh, should I not do that? He goes, no, keep doing it. He loves it. It's great. And it was, man, I, I was, was the, the Mike little Tyson, guy. Yeah, the Mike Tyson knockout game. I don't remember what the name was. But but that guy, I remember, like, that was one that I really liked. So, anyway, Princeton, <laughs> go Princeton. 
I do have a, I have a, I have a, I have a question. I, I added myself to the Twitter questions. I'm gonna get to when we want, we'll want to know about your cowboying career and then your Browns ownership of the Wolves. Mm-hmm. We'll get to those at the end. Um, and then I'll do a little Princeton center question at the end. So I do want to know, um, high school coaches listening, uh, maybe you weren't able to get out and watch your guys playing AAU this past year with obviously the COVID restrictions. Who are some of the big name stock risers, guys who you didn't think would be at the division one level, but now we're getting division one offers. Uh, and then even guys who made the bounce from, you know, fringe D three kid to now looking at getting scholarships. So I prepared for this a little bit. I appreciate the listing of the outline you gave me. Usually I don't prepare much for stuff like this just because it's more fun to be off the cuff, but I like basically I took one for one guy for each category. Um, yeah. The guy who really grabbed my attention this summer um, as that's a, that's, that's a guy who should be recruited high, a high major, a higher level at D one was Andre Gray from, he went from Hopkins to Minneapolis North. I was actually blown away at some of the ways that he was scoring in the two tournaments I watched. I, I the confidence in his jumper, the rhythm of it, um, the way the way he scores, if he continues to play like that, Andre Gray has an even brighter future than I thought. We all and he was always I've always considered him the number one shooting guard prospect in that class. Uh, a big D two stock riser, I would say, for seven A. And there's there's a excuse me, not for seven A for uh, for two thousand twenty one. There's been several, but the guy who I really think came out and sh- was Sam Privet. He's from Caledonia, 6'8", 6'9", guy. He was injured during the, during the winter and lost some weight, um, but he came back at the end of the year. And he's really – he did really well with the uh, Northern Playmakers, and he's getting some scholarships now. He just got one from uh, Northern Michigan the other day. Definitely a kid who I, I was really happy to see flourish in the, in the, in the, uh, the Wisconsin tournaments in Appleton through prep hoops. So for Sam Privet, a guy everyone should watch out for. And then a guy who really came out of almost – <clears throat> nowhere and I did see him this winter but he's grown two inches and gained more skilled was Griffin Russian from Brainerd this guy like he's six seven I listed him in the power forwards the other day because he might play some power forwards this guy's so skilled he's more of a small forward his name's Griffin Russian and this kid has some range he's skilled he moves very well he's a true small forward so watch out for Griffin Russian those are 2000s uh 221s and in 2022 I'll grab one from each from each section there's a lot um, but like the guys who I think have a chance to be high major someday, uh, Alonzo Dodd from South St. Paul kid is a complete grinder. And I think he's going to grind his way. Cal called him. He's got a lot of the mid major stuff at minimal. I think this is a mid major four year guy, like a mid major, like four year. What I mean by four year guy is a guy who's going to give them good minutes for four years. So Missouri Valley mountain West, that type of thing at the minimum. I, maybe even high major. I, I'm a huge fan of Alonzo Dodd. And sticking with high major, Johnny Lee at Byron. I'll tell you a little story about Johnny Lee. No idea who he was um, when I saw them play early January. The day that Minnehaha played Sierra Canyon, I had this decision. Do I go to the Target Center or do I go to you know our breakdown event? Well, they got to take into consideration. Which one's happening? Yeah, the Target Center. With, and there's six games to watch down, down in the breakdown. And then there are six teams I might not see, or like six to eight teams I might not see again. So, and I get paid if I go down to, to Rochester. So I went down there and then watched the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I went down and I watched the Sierra Canyon game on ESPN, which made it easy. When I was down there, Johnny played, he had like 10 points, eight boards, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, who's this guy? And then I learned about him. 
from Coach Finney, who is also from Austin. Yes, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of Austin basketball people. But anyway, I learned about Ajani and started tracking him more and more. And again, he played up on a 17-year team and was fantastic all summer. 6'9", agile, with a motor. Ajani Lee's got a bright future ahead of him, assuming he just keeps working as hard as he has. Couple more names. Uh, you know, I'm pulling up our little my little list here. Guys who are on like the next level coming up. I would say Thomas DL from St. Cloud Apollo. Uh, this young man has a great feel on the low post. Sam Wrench from Hutchinson. I really think Sam Wrench does some things that remind me of Cody Schilling. I'm not saying he is Cody Schilling, as those who've been paying attention to me for many years, Cody Schilling is one of my favorite players to watch and cover of all time. But Sam does a lot like similar to him. And then another guy who – oh, Carter Bjerke from Wyzetta. I watched, I watched Carter play in the past, thought he was fine, thought he was fine, checked with, you know, checked with some people, about, about learn more about him, and then watching him play. Like I have something I'm calling the 40% club right now. Guys who I bet are going to hit 40% from the arc consistently. Carter's that type of guy, and he can score at the bucket. So, Carter, that's, that's, that's a bunch of guys – like six, seven of the, you know, 50 that I could probably talk about that really had nice summers that took a big jump. Here's what I, here's what I love that you just said. You just hit Minneapolis North, Caledonia, Brainerd, South St. Paul, Byron, St. Cloud Apollo, Hutchinson, and Wyzetta. I mean, that's just crazy that you're just pumping names out that quick. I mean, I know you prep, but off the top of your head from literally every single corner of the state. Uh, I know there maybe wasn't any single A representation, but I mean, that's just like, and you were, that's just phenomenal that you can just rip that off. And it's how much of a, uh, how valuable you are to high school basketball is so important. I want to build off of that because you must be, I mean, you, you got to be plugged in. And so how much, how involved are you with, uh, maybe not even the specific schools, but like the D1, D2, D3 kids, how many are reaching out to you get to get a feel or be, I mean, obviously they're going to, they're going to subscribe and they're going to see the player rankings list. They know our 22s group in the state it's phenomenal right there's a ton of division one kids there but how much are people reaching out to you as like the first wave before they dive into the recruiting process on a kid you mean college coaches right college coaches correct yep. yeah yeah um you know basically my drives you know i've talked about the drives those drives are when i talk to college coaches so it's like a lot of them reach out definite um a lot of them reach out and i don't how do i i don't want to sound like a prick but at the same time, there's only so much time in a day. So usually it's, it comes down to – I'll talk to the people that I know that I have a relationship with. I'll talk to people that I know that are like, hey, can you talk to this guy and, and you know, feel, help him out. And I'll, and I'll do that. Right now I would say mostly I'll talk to Division One coaches and some D2 coaches that I know. Um, when you're in – okay, when you spend – as many weeks in, in the gym as myself do, in, in the summer, as myself does, as uh, Kevin Alstein does, TC Hoops are, um, Max from Fresh Coast Hoops. And, so, you know, when we, you spend as much time in the gym as, you, as we do, over the years you start to develop a relationship with the other guys that are in the gym all the time. And those other guys are event run, the guys that run the events, the AU coaches and the, uh, and, high, and the college coaches. And you're going to naturally get a reformer relationship with them. You go to the socials at night with them when the games are done. And because of that, you learn, you learn, you have a relationship with all these D2 guys. Well, some of those D2 guys are now D1 guys. So those are the people, like that's the group of people I communicate regularly with, I would say. 
It's good stuff. Um, one of these questions that came in from Twitter, and this is a great one that I didn't think of, to helping coaches out or maybe even helping kids out in the recruitment process, what are some of the qualities at each possession or position that, you know, I know it's probably going to be shooting, but I don't want to step on your toes, but what are some of the qualities that coaches are looking for when they're, you know, again, you're mentioning more the high D2, D1 coaches. So let's stick there. What are these coaches looking for that really separate one kid from another? Well, okay. So a lot of people don't want to be called, I'm not a five. I'm a four. I'm not a power center. I'm a power forward. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. Well, Here's the deal. The college coaches are in the gym. They're looking, there's things that are obvious. Like, okay, can this guy, is he big enough? Okay, check, I see that. Is he athletic enough? Check, I see that. They leave, those things are vitally important. They're just, you, they want size. They want, they get the, be, the good players with the best size, good players with the best agility. That's always going to be that way because those are things that in the college game where spaces Space is vitally important. You need size to take up that space. You need quickness to get to cover space or to get into space while it's open. Those are the two most vital things. But then back to the position thing, it's not a, your position is not what you play on offense. Your position is what you guard. If you're a center and you if you if they call you a center, oh yeah, I can dribble and I can shoot out here. Great, but you can't guard a small forward. You don't have that agility. You can't guard that power forward because you can't guard out there. So you're a center because you're guarding other centers. Those are things that college coaches are looking at like constantly. Can they guard this? Can they guard that? And then, you know, off of that, I, I think I saw the question, and it was position by position. Um, you know, looking at it each position, <clears throat> point guard, what do you want? Well, first of all, if you take a guy who I think is a D2 point guard, Year after year after year, the more agile of the two is always selected. You know, there I get frustrated with that sometimes. <coughs> Excuse me. You're getting a drink. Right. I'm talking so much, my throat is. No, good. you're good. This is good stuff. We're getting inside the mind of the great Ryan James, who is the biggest. Oh, there it is, a Browns water bottle, Hydro Flask. We'll get to that. Yeah, I know Jared wants to know about your Browns some rolls oh, yeah. connection, but yeah. Anyways. Oh. Anyway, what I was saying was, uh, like, you get frustrated because you're like, this guy's a good player. But then you have to talk to the college coaches and realize, yes, Ryan, but our space, like, we don't, when we have that guard, there's only so much space, and we need the quicker guy to cover that space. We need the quicker guy. I just, before I talked to you, was talking about a player in South Dakota named Tyler Feldkamp. Why is he better than the other guy I was comparing? Because Tyler has four or five speed, and he can get to the lane uh, he can get to the lane before the sizable help defender gets there. He can get to the lane before, you know, he can turn that corner before it, before those spaces covered. This, I mean, those are the vital things their college coaches look for. Wings. If you're a wing, the, yes, they're going to look for shooting. Shooting is absolutely at a premium right now. And, but you also have to write to have the right combination when you talk about your wings, you have to have one that can shoot, but you also have to have, if you have a guy that can shoot that can't guard, the other guy better be able to guard or you're not going to be able to guard anybody the other way. So they're looking for fits. They're looking for spots. Um, they're looking to find fits for those spots. So, How do us, how, how do us as high school coaches, because you mentioned, I mean, you're going to write an article. You're a, a kid who's a MIAC, UMAC, maybe NSIC, NAIA type kid. They might get one or two little blurbs written about them from prep hoops from you throughout the course of the year, uh, which you mentioned is probably more than they're going to, they would be getting in other states. So how was high school coaches would you recommend is the best way for us to promote our kids? Oh, there's two college coaches, right? 
So just as high school coaches, how would be the best way that we could promote our kids just in general? Okay. Well, I, my first thought is like what you're promoting, you're probably trying to promote them for their future. Um, the one thing that kids do not think of and don't realize, and a lot of coaches like high school and AU coaches don't tell them is that if you want to play for Bemidji state, Bemidji state is a questionnaire on their website. And they, and it says, do you want to be a future? Uh, uh, what are they? BSU beavers. Hey, the beavers. So if you want to be a future beaver, um, if you want to be a future beaver, fill out the questionnaire so then they see it and know. You want to go to Hamlin? Fill out the questionnaire they have. So now you're on their radar and they're going to look. You would not. You would be shocked at how many schools would be like, hey, Ryan, have you ever heard of Bob Jones? Bob Jones fill out, filled out our questionnaire here. And apparently his mom went to school here. So, shoot, I want to know more about him. Fill out those questionnaires if, if you were interested in a school. That's huge. The second thing is video. You know, I, it's not obnoxious to stick a, ch a young man's video on your high school Twitter. Oh, by the way, have a high school basketball Twitter for your team or, or yourself as a coach. Like, it's not that hard, and it's, it's, not, it's not going overboard to talk about uh, Steve Johnson had 16 points and seven rebounds. It's okay to say that on your Twitter. It's simple stuff. It helps get your teams – it helps get you know, a little bit of exposure out there. And put, and put the player's video on there if they make a huddle video. Like, I look at huddle videos all the time. I, you know, it's, it's hard to be able to watch nine YouTube games in a, in, in, a, in a weekend. But I can look at the videos. I'm looking at tons of – like, after we're done here, I'll go right back to the article I was writing in South Dakota, looking at South Dakota point guards, and I'm going to go right back into those articles, you know, in those lengthy videos, and I'm going to look at them. Get those videos prepared. And it's okay as a high school coach to reach out to myself. I love it. I love it when coaches say, hey, Ryan, um, uh, Hayden had 32 points tonight. Uh, I, I just think you should know. I love that. It's awesome to, like, hear – Okay, so if a young man has 32 points, send me a message, and I will, I will, I will certainly tweet that out. That I love knowing about that, and other people love knowing about it too. And I got a fair amount of Twitter followers in the basketball world. Therefore, if you, if I put it out there, the college coaches see it because most college coaches that recruit this area are following what I say um, on my Twitter, and it's it's okay to do that. Now, overboard is, you know, there, there is something going overboard, attaching everyone's name, to, to, like all these Twitter attachments on there. Like, okay, if you do that every single day, it gets annoying. If you attach, you know, um, let's say Hayden Johnson, whoever Hayden Johnson is, sorry, Hayden Johnson, whoever you are. If Hayden Johnson had a dunk and it's, a, and it's attached to the Gophers in Michigan and North Carolina and then Hamlin, you know, like, they're not going to pay attention to that. Like, you got to be smart about what you're doing. And don't do it, like, every day. But it's social media, you have to be smart, and you have to be simple. And But put effort into it, too, because some people don't put effort into it. Let's talk about season previews here. I don't want to stop on stomp on what gets you paid. I know you'll put in more lengthy stuff on the breakdown book. I know you'll put more stuff in behind the paywall on prep hoops. I get that. Let's get a little preview in here, though, of season stuff. So share as much as you're willing to share. If you don't want to go deep, uh, I get it. I, I know you got stuff. This is a second career for you or a first career, however you want to slice it. Uh, but let's start with each class. Who are the top three to five teams that you're seeing right now in each class? All right, well, let's start at single A. Um, okay. Single A basketball is wide open. 
there is no favorite. It, the single A can be the, it, it can be one of the tough things. It's so much about experience. So like, if you've got experience coming back and you were a good team, you're a contender. Uh, my number one, one of the main teams coming in for me is Nevis. Nevis brings back, had a good season last year. Brings about just brings back just about everything. Has a dynamite backcourt. Uh, Hayfield. Hayfield. Like, is, hey, hold up, hold up. I gotta plug Nevis for a second, quick. Close to your family. Used to go always go up to the Park Rapids Nevis area. Girl, that was always our vac- our vacation spot. About an hour away from Brainerd, hour and a half from Brainerd, so it was an easy trip. Uh, we can make it back for our baseball games at night and go right back to the campsite or the the cabin place. The one of the best coffee shops I've ever been to in Nevis has got like a candy store in it too. It's phenomenal. Anyways, Hayfield. Sorry, I didn't mean oh, to interrupt. But oh, Nevis has a great coffee shop, candy factory, Chicago store. I went to a Nevis game last year. Was it last year? No, two years ago. Two years ago. And, like, Nevis – so I was at a game in Nevis, and Nevis in the last five years was the hardest place for me to convince somebody that I was a media member. I showed them uh, – she's like, who's that? Who's that? What's that, huh? And I was like, well – here's my badge and here's my, my phone. I showed him my phone and like, here's who I am. This is what I work for. And Oh my goodness. Eventually I just gave the, I just ended up giving the lady some money. I'm like, just let me in. I don't have time. I'm already late. So that was, Nevis was the place I had the hardest time of convincing anybody that I actually am covering a game. Um, but anyway, Hay, Hayfield, Hayfield is, has been good. And I think there can continue to be, a top ten team, Ethan Nergard is is a, is a standout. Um, he's gonna he's probably gonna be in consideration for preseason Class A first teamer. Northwoods, don't forget about Northwoods. Northwoods has a lot coming back. Um, keep an eye out on Nick uh, Nicolette. And there's you know there's there's a long list here. I'm not gonna get everybody because into all of it because we have a breakdown preview coming in. But uh, we just, matter of fact, the breakdown preview, little plug. Um, I already got all the section pages done for that, so we're, we're moving pretty good on that. And also, to everybody out there, uh, the guy who produces the book, Tim Colomain, Tim's wife just passed away. And so, you know, shout out to Tim. He's handling it well. He's a champ. Um, okay, so moving on. 2A. 2A basketball. Uh, okay, 2A is going to be interesting. And there was some Twitter discussion on this. Um, some of the kids are like, who's going to beat Minneapolis North? How can anybody beat Minneapolis North? Well, Wasika has handled Minneapolis North pretty, pretty well the last two years, and they got everything back. And I mean everything. They didn't lose anybody, and Wasika is obviously going to get better. So with Wasika beating Minneapolis North the last two years, I'm looking forward to seeing them play again this year. But Wasika gets the nod as the preseason number one. Because let's be real here, they beat Minneapolis North the last two years, and they lose nothing. So it makes total sense that they would be number one. But Minneapolis North is right on, the heels, on their heels, probably come in as, an, as the second-ranked team in state because not only are they also bringing back a lot of talent and also very good, they also added the best shooting guard senior prospect in the state. So look out for Minneapolis North right on Wasika's heels or to win the state championship. And Caledonia – does not lose much. They're not going far away, but they did lose Newell King. Out of Wasika, Minneapolis, North Caledonia, Caledonia lost the best player of the group. But then again, they bring back four starters, so and three of whom have scholarship offers from different schools. So Caledonia's right there. Perum never lost a game last year. They bring a lot back, so don't forget them. So they'll probably come in number four. And then, you know, from there, five, will it be Stewartville with Will Cheddar and Nolan, or will it be Melrose? I like Melrose too, so that's your top group for 2A. 
you hold on Melrose and those guys came out they came out flying on this podcast Ryan came on this podcast that had the most single day downloads of any episode I've had oh. the they the Dutchman they had their coaches on they were coming they're downloading. I think I had like 150 I mean it's not a lot right but usually it's like every episode probably gets if I get like 60 to 75 the first day like I think that's a good like launch or good day first day episode they were well over 100 from that episode so like man the, the Dutchman those people get out and support their program anyways yeah. They sure do. Melrose people really love their program. They talk about them on Twitter a lot, too. Uh, 3A Mini Haha Academy is going to come in most likely number one. Well, they will be. They'll come in number one. Um, Totino Grace kind of closing that gap. You know, it's when you look at the depth between Mini Haha Academy and Totino Grace, the talent that both those rosters have, like that's – you put those two together, that's like half – that's close to like half the D1 players – and for the next three classes, it's crazy. But there's so much talent. Um, I don't know if I need to run through all the names here, but Minnehaha Academy and Totino Grace are stacked. They're two of the best teams in the state. They'll come in one and two. De La Salle will be right behind them. Um, you know, De La Salle's always going to be good. They have talent. They were well coached. They play hard. And then don't forget Richfield and Hibbing. 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 Watch out for those Hibbing. Watch out for Hibbing. Hear me good. Yes. Yes. And Richfield brings back their starting five as well off a 23 and five team. I'd throw throw Marshall in there, and don't forget about Mankato East. They lost some seniors, but they have some pretty good talent. B.J. Omot's ready to explode. So 3A, oh, and then 4A, oh, man. Okay, so 4A basketball, like, 4A basketball is always going to have talent. It's it's science. It's math. You know, they, they have huge schools with lots of kids, so they're always going to have talent. But, you know, some of the top names in the state – Aren't in a lot of the top names in the state aren't in 4A right now. There, there's a lot in 3A and 2A. So everything is really, really wide open in 4A. Um, I, if I was, somebody told me right now, who do you think will win the state championship? I would go Wyzetta, just because they have so much talent back. They have size. They have a great backcourt. Um, I, but then again, Wyzetta was not very good last year. So you can't just grab a 10-win team or 11-win team or whatever they were and throw them at number one. they got to earn it. So the team that I would say that has the most back talent-wise and who earned it last year would probably be Lakeville South. Um, so there you go, Joey. There's your pressure. And then, you know, Lakeville, Lakeville South, Wyzetta, you know, Hopkins has got to have a nice starting five. Chaska doesn't lose as much as you think. And look out for those Greyhounds in Duluth East. Look out for those Greyhounds on Duluth East. Maple Grove, Champlain Park. Those are – but, I mean, if I was to, like, say these, this, these are the state contenders, because it's so wide open, you could go 12, 13 deep. I mean, who's going to bet against Trey Holloman and Creighton Durham Hall? Although Creighton lost four starters. So, you know. For it. You just mentioned a lot of great grilling coaches in your in your foray there with Joe and Rhett. Those guys have been pumping up a lot of grilling content here in the last couple months. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, even you know, if their teams don't make it, they could probably have a cookout, you know, over on First Avenue uh, for anyone going down to the state tournament in March. You know, Joe, I, I'm anxious to try some of Joey's cooking. I keep seeing all these pictures of it. I don't know whether to be scared or if I should, like, be running over to his house real quick. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Basketball slash McDonald Award preview. Who are, who are your couple guys? Oh, well, I mean, Chet's the favorite. Chet Holmgren. So how, does the Chet not, how does Chet not win it? Well, what would that have to look like? <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll, give, I'll paint you a scenario. Okay, well, I'll paint you a little scenario. Let's go. Will, Will to Cheddar is going to – if Chet somehow didn't win the award, which to me would be an absolute shock. Okay. I mean, he's got 
what, two or three state championships already. He's the number one player in the nation. Yeah. I don't, I don't, the number one player in the nation with yeah. three state championships and favored to win another one. That'd be a shock. Okay, but let's paint this scenario. Will to Cheddar has monster numbers, and Will is really good. Let's say Will goes for 39-16 and 16 this year and has huge performances against the best teams they play. And people are going to be like, Stewartville, meh. Well, Stewartville plays a nice schedule. They, they, they get out and play some good teams, and there's good teams in that schedule. But people go to, meh. They forget that, like, Lake City had a kid going to Northern Iowa, and Wasika's got multiple scholarship kids, and Caledonia has got multiple high major kids, and Lake City has guys going to, like, or excuse me, St. Charles has, like, there's talent all over Southern Minnesota. But anyway, back to the point. Let's say Will gets, gets 38 and 16 on average, has a bunch of big moments, gets his team past Caledonia and gets in the state tournament. Okay, let's say that happens, and somehow Chet Holmgren, like, that team is super balanced. Let's say that Chet doesn't get his team to state somehow. Okay, let's just say that that happens. Maybe the discussion comes up. But to me, like, Chet Holmgren, the only guy in my, in my entire high school basketball watching career, in which dates back to 1990, I can't remember if it's 91 or 92, because the first full-court press is what Minnesota Basketball News used to be called. It was called full-court press. First one I ever picked up, Joel McDonald was on the cover of it. And like he was like the all-time leading scorer, and I think they won a state championship maybe at that point. And I remember looking at it, and like that's when, when I looked into it and – like, I remember trying to watch a state championship game on TV. That's when I started paying attention. That's 30 years, right? The only guy in Chet Holmgren's hemisphere for shot blocking is Joe Prisbella. That's it. Nobody else compares. So you got that. You got the fact that he's got some of the best skill in America, and he's seven foot one. But what does Chet – what separates Chet from all other seven-footers? Dude steps on the floor and plays with an attitude. Like, most people are begging seven-footers to come on into the gym. Just to play. Not every seven-footer wants to play basketball, just like not every six-footer wants to play basketball. But Chet loves to compete. And that is why, you know, and now that he's going to get way more touches, I mean, at least this year, they, they had so much talent. Chet would take eight shots in games, seven shots in games. Like, that's not going to happen anymore. Chet's going to be a focal point of, like, the main focal point. And Chet's going to have a monster season. So I see him as number one. Will is the one guy that I think can, you know, give it a run. Are there other names? Yes, and and the big thing could be the final five because a lot of these years recently, the final five has almost been the bigger, the bigger thing to to look at. So I'll just run through some names: Minneapolis North has a pair in Townley and Gray, Josh Strait at Eden Valley Watkins, Reed Patterson Lakeville South, Francis at Champa Park, uh, the Wasika kids, Ryan Dufault, Andrew Morgan. Uh, there's Kate Haskins at De La Salle. And I would I'd throw a Trey Longstreet and Delano. That's probably the guys competing for the final five. But it's Chet's award is a big favorite with Will Chetter being the one guy that could maybe somehow possibly yank it away from him. But I, I'd, I'd be very surprised. So without having a state tournament, without people, you know, you I don't know what your AU watching um, if you're more online, if you're getting in the gym or not. So it's been a weird, obviously, last six months. But with that said, what are some teams that you, and obviously you haven't been able to see teams that break down tournaments or team camps, the U of M or anything like that, that you would see over the course of a normal season. I know the breakdown state tournament gets, you kind of get to see some teams kind of, yeah. you know, fall into the categories. All right, who beat who and that sort of thing. Um, who are some sleeper teams that you didn't mention? It doesn't have to be one for each class, but that, you know, maybe are up and coming that and watch out for. 
maybe top fringe top 10 teams that could all of a sudden, you know, be a number one seed in the section and maybe win a game at the state tournament that no one's really talking about. Okay. I'll say Woodbury. Woodbury brings a lot. Um, Bradley Simperman leads them. Lakeville North. John Oxton is one of the elite coaches in the state. They have a good mix of seniors and young talent coming back. I would say those, those are the teams to watch out for. Eh? Um, Holy Angels, 3A. Just got a good transfer. Cameron Camden Holter from, came over from Minneapolis Southwest, going with Boyd and another point guard, Emma Johnson. Keep an eye on Holy Angels. And Alexandria. Alexandria was really good last year, and I don't think they lost, lost too much. Oh, and those Princeton Tigers. Keep an eye on those Princeton Tigers. I see in the book right here, they're ranked in the preseason top 15, so maybe we should uh, keep an eye on the Princeton Tigers as well. Ah, see, you know what, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump to that because I'm going to hit the Twitter questions. I had a Section 7-3A Rube question uh, since, you know, I'm wearing the gear today specifically just for I remember where I came from, uh, remember where I'm at. And, uh, you know, we've used your – section rankings as motivation and i respect everything you i actually like when you ding our guys because i like, hey ryan james doesn't think you're shit right look at this right here <laughs> here it is like he's got us fourth in the section last year right we're you know we win it again so hey heck yeah so you know you want you can knock us out of that ranking i, I, I don't mind they'll put it, i'll put it up on the bulletin board whenever our season starts uh so no i do <laughs> i do use that as motivation so if you want to oh, so by all means they're out uh let's see jordan east grand forks albany one of you just took their spot there you go <laughs> all right all right uh so let's get to some of these twitter questions Need a little bit more loose from people uh some of your your maybe people you've known a little longer and joe so his comes joe from lakeville south's come in what is your thought process if you were introduced to a ranch at a young age and how would you be as a cowboy okay if I was introduced to a ranch at a young age, no one would know who I am. And I would be the baddest ass cowboy you've ever seen. And there's no question. If you watch, if you watch uh, Yellowstone, and if you don't, you're missing out. I would be ripped. The only person in the Minnesota basketball community who could stop me from being ripped would be Larnell James. Me and Larnell would run that bunkhouse with an iron fist, and we would enjoy the smack out of living in Montana and running Dasovich's ranch. Now, Joey Jaquar could come out there too, but now that he's cooking all the time, he's going to have to be Gator cooking. You know, the Gator, I don't know if you watch Yankton, Gator's the chef. Joey's going to be our chef. But if I was a cowboy, I would be the baddest-ass cowboy you've ever seen, and you'd and I would never come off the ranch, and I'd be in Minnetonka, Minnetonka or excuse me, Minnetonka, Montana, and me and Larnell James would come over. We'd be the new James gang. Larnell James, Ryan James. We take over for Jesse and Frank running our ranch. That's how that's how that would be. I uh, I've never watched Yellowstone. Uh, we pretty much were our houses. Our only, only thing we're watching right now is, is Big Brother three nights a week. That's kind of our guilty pleasure in the Clotier house. So uh, I've heard Yellowstone's good. I haven't gotten into it. I don't know. I'm well, I'm yeah. I'm kind yeah, of a snob when it comes. I like the HBO, the Showtime shows. So I don't know. I'll get do into your, it someday. Do yourself a favor. It's the best <laughs> show there is right now. All right, Jerry Martin wants to know your thoughts on Cleveland, Cleveland Browns owner rumored to be in the mix for the Timberwolves purchase. Dude, I love the Cleveland Browns. Since I was a kid, I loved the color orange when I was five, so my dad got me a bunch of Cleveland Browns cards and gave them to me, and I've always, always been a fan. But, like, the Browns have been ran into the ground. They're like a joke. I don't, I don't, even, I don't keep up with the owners that well, so maybe they, maybe they switch some things lately. But – if it's – I love the Cleveland Browns, but if it's – I want it running the Timberwolves. Facts. 
<laughs> Are you, is Ryan James and Dean Kessler making a bid, Justin Hagner making a bid for the Timberwolves? Uh, <laughs> Justin probably is. Me and Dean have too many kids. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, last one, uh, this is my, this is my Princeton centric question. Who beats, who could beat Hibbing in seven, three, eight? I think they're run. I think they're big time favorites. Who could be, who could be, who could beat Hibbing in seven, three, eight? That's a thinker. Um, who could beat Hibbing in seven, three, I, if, if, if Princeton had better coaching, I'd tell them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Grand Rapids or Sasago Lakes or Cloquet with a slight chance at Princeton. And all Princeton Tigers are really good. They're well coached. They got good. They do good things. We'll be Probably. all right. We got, we'll be all right. We got we got some good players, but Hibbing's going to be. Joel's got a great group this year, and they're going to be they're going to be damn good. I've I've said you know I've said on Twitter, and now I think I don't know Matthew McAllister might be knocking on my door, and Omar might be knocking on my door. I've said they're the best public school in Class Three A, and I think and I from the from the I didn't say it, I said it from the Princeton basketball page. I think just so I could like deflect it to my direct messages that would like buzz on my phone. But yeah. I think they might be the best public school in class three A. Uh, they're super talented. So uh, Joel's got a great group up there uh, this year. Um, I would agree. Them or Richfield. And like Aiden McDonald, I've said this a million times. It might as well be like a tagline. I might as I should like go get it trademarked. But like Aiden McDonald is one of the best five passers I've seen in the last ten years. Like he's that when it comes to passing, he's that elite. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good, and they were getting after it in their uh, in the McDonald laundry room over quarantine with their ball handling workouts too. He's he's a good player, man. He's a, he's we're a press team, we're an up tempo team, and we have a hard time pressing them just the way he's able to split our press. So he's he's in good. their in their laundry room. Yeah, Aren't they had, was Joel Aiden was like every day on Twitter. He was getting these ball handling workouts, and I was texting Rhett. I was like, Rhett, why didn't you do this when you were in high school? Like, this is why Aiden's better than you. Aren't modern day laundry rooms like like where's yours? Mine is like right next to our kitchen, and the, the previous house it was right next to our bedroom. I don't think there would be enough. They, they must have a huge house, or theirs is still in the basement, like old like the old school days. That might have been it, Ryan. I appreciate you coming on. Ideally, I like to connect with. I want to try to grab one of all of you from uh, the prep hoops guys and deep dive a section once we get closer to the season. If you're down with that, that uh, sounds good to me. Or, sorry, a class deep dive a state or a class. I'm sorry. Yeah. Perfect. Whatever works. I appreciate it. Uh, go Browns. Yeah, go Browns. Heck yeah. Go Vikings too. I like them. And come on, go for the type of season. I like Miami Hurricanes too. I got lots of teams. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Yep, later. You too.